I'm so tired. It's never going to end. Why does this keep happening to me? Why do bad things seem to follow me everywhere? And if I'm lucky enough to leave, why is it that it still hurts and I'm still in pain and I still can't seem to shake the abuse cycle? If that sounds like you or someone that you care about, well, that's what this podcast's about today. Welcome to Beyond Domestic Violence. This is Grace Hart. So before we jump into um, hopefully shining a light on some of those questions, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about chronic post-traumatic stress. And yes, they've dropped the chronic now from an official sense. However, the difference between the two was that post-traumatic stress is a one-off event that caused it. So something life-threatening, horrific, and you weren't able to process it as easily or as well as you would have liked to based on a million things. Complex trauma is so complex. Chronic PTS is when you're experiencing an ongoing drip effect. So, for example, coercion is a form of toxicity that just drips, 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 drips. So it's not a one-off life-threatening event. It's very similar to what we talk about with the frog in water. You don't notice the heat. Or an example that's given often is the water just hitting some stone. It's just water, right? It's not going to make a, a dent in something as solid and powerful and strong as stone. But over time, drip, drip, abuse, abuse, gaslighting. It changes the very fabric of your beingness. Now, when I say that, it's not completely correct. Your true beingness can never be perpetrated on. Your gut, your knowing cannot be perpetrated on. However, what happens is our ability to be that, to choose that, to be open to receiving information from that part of ourselves, from the very core of ourselves, can get diluted or become not even available to us due to that frog in the water and the temperature just going up and up and up and up. So one of the things I want to do today is just to mention a couple of things um, so you can have a think about do they relate to you. Now with all checklists, I'm not a professional and even if a professional wrote a book and has a checklist, they're just there to say, hey, does this, you know, is this something that's going on for you? And if it is, if you're finding like, oh my gosh, it's all of that, I'm saying yes to all of that, well then it's a really good idea to go speak to somebody that you love and trust. And when I say love, what I mean is you're able to be who you're being with. You're able to be all of you with and the good, the bad and the ugly with. There's, you're able to be vulnerable with them. So I'm going to mention a few things and um, it's from a book called 
the Domestic Violence Survival Workbook. I'll put them in the notes as well um, by Esther A. Luttenberg. Okay, so here are a couple of questions. And um, see if they appeal to you. See if they – it's like, mm, yeah, you know what, that's, that's me. So do you think that your future will be cut short in some way? Whether you doubt you'll have a career or a marriage or children, you just expect it to be shortened prematurely. Do you have difficulty falling asleep? And if you do fall asleep, do you have difficulty staying asleep? Are you irritable and angry? Do you have trouble concentrating? Are you hyper alert, watchful, on guard? You know, often looking around, is someone there? Could they be there? Will I be safe? Where can I sit that's safe? Are you jumpity? You know, do you startle with sudden sounds or movements? One of the other things is, um, do you suddenly, re- you know, relive flashbacks? So you know, you're just fine, and all of a sudden, there's just this flashback. Do you get distressed or emotionally upset when people remind you of the abuse, or do you have physical reactions when reminded of the abuse, or even, you know, going to the same area or thinking of going to the same area or some- somewhere similar? Does your mouth get dry? Do your muscles get tense? Do you try to avoid thoughts and feelings that remind you of that abuse? Do you avoid activities, conversations, people, places that remind you of the abuse? Are you unable to remember some parts of the abuse? And I'd also like to add, you know, do you find yourself just disappearing? Where was I? Staring off into the the blankness. Do you feel numb or empty? Do you have a great sense of wrongness? That no matter what you do, you're wrong. Is there a sense of hopelessness and helplessness that it's never going to change, it's never going to end, it's never going to stop, I'm never going to be able to leave? So there are a few signposts and if you're saying yes to the majority of them, I'd be looking at getting some support, some assistance. So today we're going to talk very briefly, but really this is a huge topic and it's about why is it that even when we leave, we're still in pain or we still shrink our life really, really, really small or we try and control it to such an extent that it becomes so small and we're not able to fully thrive and be a contribution to society as well as contribution to our, you know, our whole planet. And for me, it's all about the recreation of trauma. It's a way that we take over from the abuser if we've left. And, you know, Peter uh, Levine, uh, Levine, sorry, um, I'll put his details in as well. Um, I love his stuff. And he says it so beautifully. One of his messages is that when we receive trauma, 
So a bit of a trigger warning here. Let's say that you are, you've experienced rape and in that moment you were obviously held down against your will but you knew that you couldn't fight in that moment. You knew that you couldn't flee. And so the only two other things available to you is fawn, which is do, do whatever they want, people please, and that's directly connected to the freeze. Now Peter talks about the immobility response, freeze response, out in nature. So if a prey realises, it's tried to run a little bit and it's realised, no, I can't keep going, and it knows it's too small to fight, so instinct takes over and it freezes, it drops to the ground and plays dead. Now the point that Peter makes is even though that animal has dropped to the ground and is frozen, it still has within it the absolute strong desire to flight and to flee. They don't get turned off. It's not like, oh, I can't fight, oh, I can't flee, so I'll just freeze and I'm, you know, that's, I'm at peace with that because I know that that's what's happening and that's what's required for me to potentially save my life. No, what happens is we choose to freeze, which is like putting on the car brake, but at the exact same time internally, your whole system's freaking out because it wants to run. It wants to fight. It wants to get out of there. It is terrified. Instinct has taken over. The freeze has happened. Foot on the brake. But the other energies of fight and flee are like the accelerator pedal on full as well. So you have this absolutely on brake and at the same time absolutely on accelerate. However, the instinctive part is stronger because you know you need to freeze. So that's what's being demonstrated. When you look at the animal, it looks completely dead. But inside a whole lot of things are happening to that nervous system of the animal. And it's the same with us. So if you've had drip-fed abuse, gaslighting, for example, or drip-fed physical abuse or emotional abuse or financial abuse, you know, physical abuse, whatever it is, you may be experiencing the same thing. In other words, that trauma is locked in your body as an accelerator and a brake. Now, that memory in the body, that energy in the body, doesn't just disappear. So Peter gives the example of um, a pigeon. And if you go up behind the pigeon very gently and just turn it over, it will choose to freeze. And that's the correct response for it. It can't fight you. You're too, you know, you're way too big. It can't flee because you're holding it down. So it freezes. And then as soon as you let it go, it does a little bit of a shake and it's just back to eating. It doesn't want to fly off or anything. It's not really feeling anything dramatic. Back to normal. However, if you chase that pigeon just a little bit and then turn it over, what happens is when you let go, they take a little bit longer to come out of the freeze. 
But, you know, they still just have a little shake and, and on with their day. However, if you go up to that pigeon, scare it, almost catch it, scare it, almost catch it, scare it, almost catch it, scare it, frighten it, almost catch it, frighten it, almost catch it, and then turn it over and then let go. What Peter expresses in his material is that the bird will stay or any animal will stay in that freeze position far longer, like noticeably longer. And also when it does come out of the freeze, it freaks out. It'll either attack you, you know, fly off erratically, um, just not, not, not okay. Aggressive, disoriented, um, all that sort of stuff. And it's the same with us. So what we've been doing is that when we have this traumatic experience or this stressful experience, and they're very different, trauma is when you feel your life is at risk. There is a threat to your very beingness. Stress is stress. So they are very different things. However, when you get drip fed, it can stack and stack and stack and stack and lead to a feeling of your life's at risk. Example, frog goes in the normal normal temperature water, life's not at risk. Temperature goes up slowly, yeah, it's still not at risk. Goes up, goes up, goes up, goes up. And then there reaches a point where because of that stacking, because of the effort that the frog had to go through to be okay with the increases as they went along to the, you know, the, the heat, it's left with nothing else but to be boiled to death. It doesn't have the energy to jump. So what Peter speaks about is we need to let go of the trauma in our body. Yes, it's powerful to have cognition. You know, I knew that I did the right thing and I knew that freezing was the thing that that kept me alive. And you can have all the uh, awareness and cognition. However, the body is the body. And if you've got trauma in the body from an experience, if you don't release this coiled up energy of, you know, um, brake on and accelerator on, then your body is so ingenious that it will look for it will look for, pay attention to, seek out people, events, circumstances, situations to help the body release that trapped emotion, trapped memory or however you want to put it, trapped energy, trauma. And that's the recreation of abuse. So if you're sitting there going, why do I keep choosing these people? Or why, you know, I thought I was free and and now it's not about relationship and I'm having the same sort of conflict happen at my work or in my family or whatever it is. What's going on here? It is your beautiful, exquisite, intelligent, sweet body saying, help me. Help me let this go. Because if I don't let this go, I can't be all of me. I can't contribute. I can't thrive. There is something that is innately a lie in my body. There is something that is not true in my body. And what I mean by that is it might be emotions of you're ugly, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, that's the best you can do, just shut up and die or whatever you've been told. 
And if you lock those away or hide those or suppress this or go into a no feeling about it, it doesn't go away. And not only does it not go away, it will do its darndest to get you to pay attention to similar energies so you can release that energy in your body. So I hope you're going to where I'm inviting you to, which is, okay, I'd rather not choose to have a terrible experience again or pick a person that's going to abuse me again or find myself being in conflict when it's so not what I'm choosing. So, yes, (laughs) now's the time. And, you know, one of the things you can do is recognize that any pain in the body there's a good chance that pain is highlighting that area because you've disassociated from it. If you have pain anywhere in your body, it is your body's way of putting a flashlight, a torch, to that which is desiring to be illuminated and released. For example, if you have shingles or skin stuff going on, that's your first line of defense. Now, if you don't pay attention to these traumatic things in your body, you're going to have autoimmune stuff going on. You're going to have, you know, whether it's headaches or um, all sorts of things can happen. All sorts of things. So one of the things that Peter talks about in his book is just having a shower. If you've got one of those shower heads that can move. And it's about connecting your body back to your being or body parts. So for example, if someone was raped, they might disassociate below the waist. Or if they were held down by their hands, they might not want to feel their hands anymore because it reminds them of that abuse. And then what will happen is this anger that just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, this isn't me. This anger is a lie. This this isn't who I am. What's this about? It's, well, I don't want to say it's not anger, because of course it does demonstrate us that at times. But what if it's actually your body saying, I'm aware of this brake and accelerator and I can't do this anymore. And I've got all this stuff in me that's not true and I need to get it out. And so what if the anger is your resistance to the lies that you've locked in your body of that you're worthless, hopeless, useless, lie there and take it, or whatever it is. So going back to the shower, if you just pop your right hand up and let the water hit your right palm and just say, this is my right palm. This is my body. And I'm asking my right palm to come back to wholeness, come back to me, my beingness. I'm here. I'm sorry I didn't see you. I'm sorry I pushed you away. And then turn your hand over and say, this is the back of my right hand. This is my body. And if you can go through your whole body, this is my right arm. This is, you know, my upper arm, my lower arm, my tummy, my hair, my face, my feet, my toes, my fingers. Just go in any order that you feel your back, your hips, your thighs, your knees, your calves. And acknowledge it's your body and welcome it back. Now, depending on your level of trauma, you may not want to have the water touch a certain part. 
because that's where you've hidden your uglies, where you've hidden your wrongness, where you've hidden something that you might have done in this lifetime or another that you've made yourself so wrong and evil for. Maybe you saved yourself and left others to die and you've got that guilt, whatever it is. So be willing. Be willing to let go. If you do come across a part of your body that you just don't want the water to go on, ask yourself, would it be okay to imagine the water being there? And if that's okay for you, then say that. Just put your attention on that part of the body, imagine the water there and say, this is whatever part of the body it is and welcome it back to your beingness. Now, if you don't have a shower head that moves or it doesn't feel, you know, you don't want to do it in the shower, that's okay. You can do it with touch. And tapping's a lovely thing. And when I say tapping, I don't mean like whacking yourself. A very soft tap, soft wrist. Just kind of awakening. Just saying, hey, sweetheart, yeah, I see you, I'm here. I'm so sorry. And then just allow yourself to tap all the parts of the body, just like the water would have gone to. Now, this might seem like it's nothing, but you'll be surprised. And sometimes you'll notice it straight away, there'll be a lightness. Other times you might start crying in the shower or crying as you tap that part. And just allow anything, allow a temperature increase, whether it's goosebumps, whether you feel an effervescence leaving your body or coming in. There's no right or wrong experience with this. I do wish to say, though, please do this when you've got time and you're in a safe environment. Because sometimes, depending on the trauma, it can affect you in a way that you really need support. So if you've had horrific trauma... I do not suggest you do this alone. Make sure someone's in the home with you. You have access to a professional if it is something that is incredibly hard for you to deal with. And what I have noticed, and I wish this wasn't true, it's something that has been said to me by numerous practitioners and different modalities, I've heard it, and I still know it's true even though I I have resistance. And it's very much as the pain went in, so it comes out. So, for example, when I did the shower um, exercise, the next day when I stood up, my right ankle was, was so painful. And I'd forgotten that I'd done the exercise. I was like, what's going on with my right ankle? And I, and I remembered the pain, and the pain was so similar to when I broke it. And then I, re- I realized, I, so I asked the question, oh, is this the pain of my right ankle, the accident I had, is it it coming out? Is the trauma coming out? And it was light. It was true for me. So sometimes on things that are incredibly traumatic, they can be traumatic coming out. Now, when I say traumatic coming out, no way near in that you don't have to experience the same thing. So if your trauma was, a, was rape, I'm, I'm not saying you need to have rape to get out or it's going to feel like you're raped all over again. But what may happen, and it's not always, it's just what may happen is you'll get similar feelings or emotions as it comes out. So if you felt scared, 
you might have that come out if you felt terrified. You might have emotions of terror coming out. But the difference is because you're in a safe environment, the act is not happening to you in real time and you've got a set of toolboxes here or you've got a professional to help you through it, it is a completely different experience. It will be uncomfortable. It'll be something you would not wish to experience again. However, it's not the same as the actual event. And all I can say is, guys, if you don't do body work, if you're not willing to look at all that's been hidden, locked away, and also all that you know is there, because you might already be having pain, you know, hip pain, back pain, skin issues. These are all things of unresolved trauma. Trauma that has not left the body. So if you're willing to just do that exercise, see how you go. And recognize that, yes, it's uncomfortable. However, if you're willing to be brave and courageous enough, every trauma that you release from your body, you're going to be lighter and lighter and happier and happier. And those events that you normally found yourself in will be less and less and less. Or you'll find yourself being able to leave your abusive partner or family or whatever it is. You know, survivors of abuse, they become very good at anticipating the moods of others. You know, what they look, their looks, their actions. And we do that because we want to survive. And I've got a bit of a different take on PTSD and these sort of survival skills that we have. I think they're superpowers. And I believe that perpetrators choose us because they would like to have them. What do I mean by superpowers? I thought I got abused because I was pathetic and small and useless and he knew he could control me or she could control me. Not the case. I have a very different point of view. For me, one of the superpowers of PTSD is time traveling. What? (laughs) Yeah. You have the ability to go back in time, but unfortunately, and, and forward, but unfortunately... You bastardize it. You go back in time to recreate trauma so you can abuse yourself. So you can keep the recreation of trauma going. Now, this isn't cognitive. You would never choose to do that cognitively. You want to be free from your abuser. I get that. I've been there. But when you've got unresolved trauma in the body, you will recreate it because at your very base level, your very core level, you believe you deserve it. You believe that you are wrong because that drip, 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 drip of trauma has worked its way in and corroded your very connection to your being. However, when you do the work, and what I mean by do the work is recognize when you're your beingness, when you're being you, or when you've been hijacked by a pedal. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please listen to my future, uh, my past, um, future past. <laughs> See, I'm doing it already. Um, past episodes, past podcasts. So if you've got the ability to go back energetically in time, even before you your abuser got to you, do you think that would contribute to you? Or 
depending on what works for you and how your body is, what if you went into the future when you don't have any of these abuse energies in your body anymore? And what if you flowed that awareness to your body now? Could that contribute to you releasing the trauma? So we're jumping ahead. These podcasts are really just to sprinkle in some awareness. But just know, what if you're not wrong? And what if you were perpetrated on because you have skills? You have abilities. You have superpower abilities. And that energy of, you know, looking, always looking at what they're doing or their actions in order to survive. What if that's a superpower? What if it's actually a chameleon superpower? So when you can see what's happening, you can change yourself so you don't get hit. I wonder what superpowers you have that you haven't even acknowledged. But I get it. Right now, depending on where you are, you may, you may be that frog that's just about to die and is exhausted and doesn't feel like it can achieve anything or get out or even live. I get it. And so if that's you, please listen to my podcast on energy. Because what you need right now more than anything else is energy. And you can, even at that stage of almost dying, if you give yourself the energy, you'll be able to jump out of that. And not only jump out of that, jump into something beautiful. Okay, guys, I know it's a bit of a heavy topic uh, this week, but just please know, what if you're even greater than you can possibly imagine? One step at a time. You've got this even if you feel you don't. Please know that you can't be abused if you speak up and get help. Now, when I say can't be abused, of course, it's a long rescue. I suppose it's more correct to say the abuse can change and you can be free of the abuse. If you share it with someone, tell someone, speak to an authority, change your energy, change your life. If you're feeling you have no way out, it's okay. I've been there, but there is a way out. And you can do it. So let's just get you back to, well not even back to, let's get you creating a future. A new reality, I should say. And just like, you know, imagine coming into a hot room in summer and you've got an air conditioning so you put the aircon on. And yeah, okay, it doesn't instantly get to the temperature you'd like. However, you start to feel cooler and cooler and cooler, don't you? As it starts to get towards the temperature you like. And what a lot of people don't realise with abuse, it's the same as, I suppose, if you were overweight and you just did a few minutes, you know, every day of stretching or movement... You're not going to be the same person physically at the end of the week or, you know, two weeks, a month, six months. If you kept going, you're going to be a different person as the weight changes, as you, you know, you get stronger, as people start complimenting you, as you start to feel healthier. So it's not like hot room and then boom, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same person, same person, same person, same sweatiness, same hot, same hot, same hot, and then all of a sudden I've got my perfect temperature. And especially with trauma, you know, one of the things that I learned through my counsellor is, um, especially with energies, if you're at that stage where you're lifeless, you have no energy available, you know, you're hardly breathing, your voice is very weak and there's just nothing there. What you need more than anything else is energy. However, they're very clear in the counselling that you've got to flow that energy so very slowly and gently because it's a shock to the system to go from no energy to energy-rich. So you, depending on your level of trauma, it's got, it's got to be, the, it, you know, it's going to take what it's going to take. And um, please don't go into judgment of that. All right, uh, take care and I'll catch you next week. And um, let's see if you can think about your superpowers. I wonder what superpowers you have. Are you a time traveler? Are you able to shift and move energies in different ways? Have you got capacities to um, be a chameleon? To be what is required to um, save yourself or to create something different? I wonder. Okay, take care and I'll catch you next week. Bye.